This is episode 361, entitled Outer Limits, and you've recognized the theme. A little bit of it I just gave from Dominique Frontier's brilliant um, opener to the 1960s uh, sci-fi series entitled The Outer Limits. And this is a little bit about the outwardness of the Christian word and uh, something that happened to me actually today that I needed to get down. I'll be away for a few weeks, that is to say, not in direct uh, contact with my um, normal setup. And so um, I wanted, even though I'd come to a marker at episode 360, which Todd Brewer so lovingly and affirmatively presented with great photographs the other day on Mockingbird. I wanted to uh, enshrine something that happened today um, before I uh, just put it down. And um, what happened was I was, um, I was invited to a men's Bible study breakfast uh, meeting near to where I live. And uh, I went primarily to show good faith to the person who had invited me. I got there knowing that the church, sort of an independent church, was strong. And I got there very early because it starts really early. I mean, everybody's there by 6.45, bar none. There were hundreds of men there, and not just retired men like myself, but men who were in their mid-30s who were obviously on their way somewhere. That's why they have it so early. A lot of uh, men in the second phase of life, not just in the third. And it was very striking. And then the pastor, whose name is Don Cousins, got up and gave a really good half-hour talk about um, um, really what happens when you find uh, a way out of a problem you have, what, what is required, as it were, biblically. But it wasn't law, it was description. It was a picture of, based on um, a passage in Proverbs and also a passage concerning the Queen of Sheba's visit to Solomon, <clears throat> what you might say is empirically necessary for there to be a change when you're facing an inoperable diagnosis or an insuperable problem or an impasse that seems to bear no uh, obvious uh, remedy. And he uh, stated it powerfully and simply and personally without being at all um, narcissistic about it. And uh, I knew it must be good because I don't know about you, but when things are good in a talk, I always start about 10 minutes into it. I just suddenly find myself, <clears throat> my hand goes up to my Jack Kerouac notebook in my breast pocket of the shirt I'm wearing, and I start making notes. And usually they're not about the thing that the the 
teacher is saying or the preacher, but they're things that the teacher's verticality has unearthed in me. In other words, as he's talking about God's word to this, that, or the other situation, I'm immediately, I am in fact thrown back on what I'm really thinking about. That's why I go to church. That's why I go to a meeting deep down, A, to maybe do it. Shown good faith to someone who invited me, but actually, of course, this is always true of Paula White. I, I'm waiting to hear. I'm waiting to hear. Something is on my mind. Inevitably, every single person in that room had something on their mind. Old, um, young, big responsibility, relatively minor responsibility, retired, utterly stressed in the middle of major deals in Central Florida. Um, uh, Indian-Pakistani extraction, as someone sitting next to me was, black, Asian, um, the whole nine yards. I mean, give me a break. This was, everybody was looking for something, and we heard it. We got something out of it. And what had pained me, I had seen, I want to say this in such a way that is is not polemic, but is, um, is simply a description. I had been, um, oh, kind of kind of I told you so-ish in my own heart when I saw a photograph that was published in an article by the Episcopal News Service concerning how terrific it is that the Episcopal Church House of Bishops now has so many bishops of this or that demographic extraction and uh, the writer was saying there are now this percentage of this kind of uh, demographic represented and this percentage of this kind of demographic and that percentage of that kind of demographic and instead of it being the preserve of white males it is now becoming rapidly, the statistics are going in the opposite direction in favor of thus, thus, and thus. And what, and then the, one of the interviewees, a bishop somewhere, was saying, well, the great thing about this change in our, the, um, the sort of DEI look of our House of Bishops is that now we can reach out to other communities who have this same um, uh, particular demographic uh, who might feel um, disenfranchised or uncomfortable with the Episcopal Church because of its... Uh, look, and um, this will be uh, uh, a tool to find our way in. And I thought to myself, well, yes and no. I mean, it just struck me that the, the whole article was uh, the cart before the horse, because um, I know that from experience that <clears throat> we love because he first loved us. Or another way of putting it is uh, his love constraineth us because he has died, all have died. And these are passages in the Pauline letters. We love because he first loved us. We give. We want to reach out. We lose our inherited or habituated um, narratives about people and the way they look on the basis of how God has treated us when we look awful, when we are simply not looking, are awful. And that has therefore made secondary matters seem entirely uh, secondary. This uh, chap of Indian extraction who doesn't, quote, look like me, end of quote, or speak like me at our small group in this Bible study gave the most powerful testimony. I actually quizzed him. I, you never do that. Never interrupt somebody with a point of information. But when there was a break after he had given a witness, which was completely spontaneous, I said, tell me again, did I understand that? And then I repeated what I thought I'd heard him say, <clears throat> the b- bottom line. And he said, yes, that's exactly what happened. I couldn't, but, but so do you see what I'm saying? He and I were instantly bonded, instantly bonded because of his giving thanks to God for something that anyone, anyone there could have identified with um, of any age or, quote, 
demographic. And it was we instantly bonded. So the <clears throat> the coming together of communities horizontally is really dependent on the enabling vertically of the relationship with God. I often find this at Paula's church. I feel incredibly close to a large number of people there who have not had the same education, don't quote look like, end of quote me, <clears throat> who have had completely different experiences of life. And at Paula's church, it's often very severe. That is, um, very severe dysfunctional situations that often involved the law. A lot of lot of wonderful people whose adult children have are in prison or have had terrible um, checkmates in their lives, or they themselves. And um, the love that is there has to do with the love. This is, sounds like a cliche, but the same love I experienced this morning uh, at uh, the men's breakfast. It's a love based on a sense of unity with God. I think I told you the other day that I was at a reunion of my prep school with all these people around who've had what the world would call, at least on the surface, privileged experiences and in, incoming. <laughs> incoming was looked fairly privileged, but they've all had enormous, terrible problems like everybody else. And this chap came in who was a, a retired general, and he, um, he didn't, quote, look like me. And, uh, I instantly knew he was a Christian. I just instantly knew from his demeanor and from one little thing he sort of allowed, vouchsafed at the, at the little table we were sitting at. I said, oh my gosh, and I went up to him afterwards. I said, you know, you must be a Christian. This is... And we instantly, I mean, we could have just been, uh, you know, um, shipwrecked that moment on a desert island uh, because of our shared faith that cut through everything else. It was just extraordinary. And um, so I want to say that when I saw that um, item about the House of Bishops, I said, well, yes, but that's not where you begin. You have to begin in the relationship with God vertically. And if that's... um, present, then everything else will fall into place, and things that appeared primary in a relationship will fade. Not everything, but most things will fade in relation and in comparison with the bright light. Doesn't, uh, isn't there a passage um, in Second Corinthians? I think I used it at my ordination to the priesthood at Grace Church, New York City in 1976. Um, you know, God is bright, but the light of Christ is ever brighter. The sun is bright, but the light of Christ is ever brighter. And in light of that, everything else uh, takes on a different look. I mean, um, whether that's with the person you're married to or the people you love, you're having problems with or the persons from whom you feel estranged, and there are bound to be some. I mean, this is one chap I've written who I knew really, really well for a very long time, and he obviously doesn't want to be in touch with me. I've written him two emails, which were not heavy. They were not stressful. They were not saying, oh, where have you been? Or they were not of, um, kind of naming any kind of potential disagreement that we might have had, although I think I know why he's a little bit standoffish. But, I mean, he won't reply to my emails. I have to accept it. You know, uh, what did Dylan say? Where I am welcome is where I'll be. But um, so every one of us has something that is not exactly as you'd like, because I'd like to to be in touch with this man. And if there's a problem, I'd like it to be reconciled before I die, certainly. I hope he would be. But the point is, it's only going to happen through what I experienced this morning at the Bible study. It's not going to be happening because we have a shared demographic, and we do, God knows. We have a shared demographic, like about as shared as you could possibly get, and it's not, that's not going to be enough. What's going to be enough is a shared 
um, sense that we love because he first loved us. Well, I just tell you that. And now I want to talk again at the very end, uh, give you a note of one of the greatest songs of all time that basically outlines and underlines and makes manifest the total necessity of an outward answer to an inward um, all the different problems that we have, and I hope you're going to like it. It happens to be by a group that was known as the Randells. Love you, and I'll talk to you soon. We have just discovered an important note from space. The Martians plan to throw a dance for all the human Oh.